this is Samantha Kelly, otherwise known as the Tweeting Goddess, and I had great fun talking to Ryan all about Twitter magic, all about how you can get to speak at conferences, and also a little bit about my dad in Ireland. Hope to see you soon. Welcome to the World of Speakers podcast, brought to you by Speaker Hub. In each episode, we interview a professional speaker and reveal their very best tips and tricks. You'll learn to improve your presentation skills, keep your audience engaged, and learn how to grow your business to get more gigs and make more money. Here's your host, Ryan Foland. Ahoy everyone, I am back and today I am with a goddess. She is a goddess of the Twitter sphere. She is literally known as the tweeting goddess and she's also known as Samantha Kelly. She is an expert when it comes to connecting the dots online to bring them out of the computer, off of the phone, into the real world. And she does that primarily through Twitter and her hashtag Twitter magic. She also has built a collective community called the Women's Inspire Network. Is that correct, Samantha? Did I, I mean, Tweeting That's Goddess, did right. I get that right? That's right, yes. And we actually became Twitter friends first. And we've had enough kind of fun talking online that I was like, we need to talk on the podcast. You are the world of speakers in its most pure form because you're using digital technologies to build real communities and you're bringing them offline. So I'm excited to have you here today. Tweeting Goddess, welcome. Thank you. I felt like I needed I needed to get a little almond there or something, right? No, you know, we need, um, you know, that kind of sprinkly Disney magic thing, you know, like sprinkling Twitter magic. So we're going to sprinkle Twitter magic. <laughs> that was a little bit more watery than I would think. It wasn't, it, it was, it wasn't as... <laughs> okay, we'll work on that. We'll work on that one. <laughs> yeah, we will. You know what? But everything's a work in progress. So it's, it's like a tweet that we sent out. We're like, ah, oh, I could have improved that, but I'm not going to delete it. I'm just going to tweet again. Yes. Yeah. So let's get this Twitter party started and we'll start with a story. And one of my favorite things to do is to share stories about people. And the exercise and the challenge for you is, can you dig into the depths of your brain and find a story from your past that if, if only by itself was a great representation of who you are so that the next time I meet somebody, I'm like, oh my gosh, you haven't heard about the tweeting goddess? Oh, let me tell you the story. This one time she, and then that's where you fill in the dots. So what's the story that comes to mind? Well, I suppose um, the, the biggest story of my life would be uh, the fact that 10 years ago, I woke up and I said I didn't want to be sick anymore. I was, um, I'm 10 years sober and um, that wow. kind of changed my whole life. And that's really where this whole journey started. But I suppose further back, um, my father had passed away about seven years ago. And I remember my dad, he worked really hard. Like we were born in a really like not a great area at all here in Ireland. And um, I remember dad would be working a lot and he used to come home on a Friday night and we'd be watching Starsky and Hutch on the telly and he'd bring home <laughs> crisps, packets of crisps. Do you know what crisps are? They'd be like chips, I think, in America packets of crisps and ginger ale. And so anytime I taste ginger ale, I just think of my dad, but he always worked so hard and he always wanted to think of something that would make him a millionaire. So hmm. the entrepreneurial mindset was there, you know, and he was always trying to think of one simple thing. He used to say to me, Sam, if we could think of just one thing that no one else has thought of, we could be millionaires. Uh -huh. So I grew up listening to this, you know, 
But I also watched him work really hard. And I knew that if I wanted to get anything, I had to work for it. Yeah, I like that. Well, congratulations on the sobriety. That is awesome. And especially coming from somebody who's in Ireland, because I know that Ireland, there's a lot of uh, that we appreciate the alcohol there. Now, I'm I'm a Scottish, Irish, European mutt, and I believe that all of my freckles represent my history. And I think that's very commendable. So it's fun sometimes to wake up and have these realizations and they don't have to be every day. Nope. But sometimes they show up and at the right time and the right place. And it's there just like an idea that could change the world. So I'm curious, this entrepreneurial spirit that your father ingrained into you, do you find yourself sitting in a corner drinking ginger ale, trying to come up with a million dollar idea? <laughs> no. Hey, I'm a ginger, so I, I appreciate the ginger ale. And like I drink ginger ale, although I try to do the diet ginger ale because it's very sugary. And I'm trying to be conscious of that, right? Yeah. But I bet you the sugar gets the brain going. So like, I mean, did that leave a a long lasting effect other than just the memories? Like, how are you at this ideation process? Is that part of your existence? Do you know what? It is because I can seem to spot opportunities that other people might miss. You know, I'm going to talk about my Women's Inspire Network later, but I, I, I often see, especially from being in recovery as well, I see the importance of having a support network around you. And I think that's kind of helped me to build a really powerful, engaged network around me. And I also saw my father um, help people that were probably going down the wrong path. So he helped a lot of young young men, teenagers, might have been in trouble at home and they'd end up staying in our house and, you know, that kind of thing. And he used to take them under his wing and he'd say, oh, I need to... I need to do the, the garden today or I need to paint the fence today. And he'd have them painting the fence with him yeah. and then he'd bring them fishing. And so he'd have them working in a way, but they actually liked hanging out with my dad because he was kind of cool and, you know, he never judged. And he was always like the, at the funeral, actually, there was a lot of like really rough looking guys. And I was going, my God, who are these guys? You know, and then they, right. came, they came over to me crying, like saying, your dad like changed my life. He helped me so much. He's the only one that gave me any attention. And, you know, and that was really lovely to hear those stories. And, and as you know, Irish, we're, we're really good storytellers. It's in our nature to be good storytellers. And um, that's one big advantage we have here in Ireland is that we're really good at telling a story. And those stories that those people told me that day, they impacted me so much because I realized that, you know what, I was watching my dad helping people all the time and it must have rubbed off on me because I do that a lot. I help people. And it might just be a silly, simple thing on Twitter. You know, like I see someone, they've just started on Twitter. And so I'd retweet them to 46,000 people. And next thing they're like, oh my God, what happened? Like, you know. And magic. It's, it's hashtag Twitter magic. All of a sudden they're like, wait, I'm not alone out here. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And that's why I always use the hashtag Twitter magic, because you can make someone's day with that retweet. That is so powerful. And I don't understand why more big companies in particular or people with big followings don't do it more often. And it's such a powerful, simple thing that you can do for someone. And all it is is a click. Yeah, the power of the click. Going back to your dad, and and I think this is in, in my brain, this is stitching together that he's sitting there really looking for that one idea that could get the million dollars that could sort of make all the troubles go away. But at the same time, he's the person who's being Mr. Miyagi, uh, taking in people and and giving them the value of the work ethic behind 
the long, hard road to a million dollars. It's not like he's teaching the cheat. It's not like he's saying, well, I know things are rough at home, but come on, let's drink ginger ale and come up with a big idea. No, it's like, <laughs> let's be practical. Yeah. Let's do some work. Let's get our hands dirty and, and actually like experience. So it's an interesting dichotomy where I'm thinking, you know, you're growing up in an environment where it's like, come on, let's find this one big idea. But at the same time, that's sort of like an exciting goal, but it's not the all consuming. It's not creating unrealistic expectations. It's if anything, getting you excited about opportunity, but then Mm -hmm. it's like, wait, but reality is here and let's hustle and let's work and let's, let's do the ground level tweets. Let's be fine starting off at no followers and growing a following as opposed to getting to the million followers. Right. Absolutely. And it takes time and there is no shortcut really, unless you're not doing the right things and doing the right thing is a big thing that I do as well. And it's something that I, in recovery, obviously that's what we talk about the program I'm on would be like, it's about doing the next right thing. So if you see someone, um, hurting and they're even, you know, and maybe someone doing a good deed for someone every day. I try and do a good deed every day. And it could be something as simple as a retweet. It could be one useful introduction to somebody that I see who needs to connect with someone else. It could be, you know, even after this podcast, me saying to you, Ryan, actually, I know someone who'd be really good on your podcast. And I know that you would help your reach and you would help their reach and so on and so on. So it's about doing something good for somebody. And it could be your daughter. It could be your, you know, it could be someone in your family. It could be the dog, (laughs) anything. It's about just, it makes me feel better when I do some good. And I know my dad always liked to see when those guys would actually get their first car and he'd help them get their, their first job. And, you know, he'd see them buying their first I think buying their first car was always a big thing for my dad. It was like, there he is now. Look, look, he's driving. Isn't he great? You know, and he was yeah. really proud, you know, and then um, that's something he also used to teach me was, you see, I'm very bold, Ryan, you know, I would have been very good looking in my day and um, I refused to learn how to change tire. And my dad was always telling me, you need to learn how to change a puncture. <laughs> you know, to get a puncture. And I'd be like, oh, dad, don't be silly. I'll just ask some guy to do it for me. <laughs> I don't know how he didn't uh, I don't know how his patience was amazing but all my sisters can change a tire except me okay well you know what we all have strengths in different areas and and your strength (laughs) is in persuasion and building community you're talking about connecting the dots like right yeah you have one dot here on the left and one dot here on the right and your dad's trying to get you to fill in the line in the middle you're like no dad you don't get it if I put this dot here and then this (laughs) dot here the line will appear (laughs) Like magic. (laughs) Like magic. Well, I'm curious to know some of the magic that you see on stage or the magic that you see, what kind of fairy sparkle dust you can sprinkle on people. What are the the types of jobs or chores that you would give upcoming speakers if they were in your speaker yard and you were your dad trying to help them get their first, say, paid gig as opposed to their first car so that you can look in the back and go, look, there they are up on stage and they're in their proverbial car. What are some of the magic tricks and tips that you have for people to effectively, whether it's tell better stories or even help people, what would you throw out there for the the chores for these amazing people who are listening right now as the World of Speaker community? Okay, well, lovely listeners. The first thing I want to say is I've actually done this already and I kind of like the power that I have um, being the founder of the Women's Inspire Network because I can spot talent. I can spot it straight away and it could be someone that doesn't even realize they're as brilliant as they are. And I love that. 
And I love seeing potential in people. And then what I do is I actually put them on the stage myself because I do events, wow. I do conferences twice a year. And I actually select the speakers myself because I know, like I get hundreds of applications to speak, but I actually go by people I already know. I've already been watching because don't forget Twitter and social media. You can watch people. They don't even know you're watching. You know, you can, right. you can watch, like I watched your TED talk. So like, it's like, I was watching, you didn't know I was watching you, but I was watching, right. the, you know, and this is the thing. And when people, the first thing I would do, if you wanted to speak at something is, um, you know, start showing your expertise so that I will approach you. So I'll watch you. If you have a skill or you're an expert in something, start sharing your knowledge, start telling people what it is you're an expert in. And I don't mean boasting or bragging. I mean, add value, add value, do videos, pick up your phone and press the red button, do a little Twitter live, do a little Twitter video, do a little Facebook live. You know, we are so fortunate. You can actually prove the knowledge that you have by just picking up your phone, you know? And when you add value and you help others, and you assist others in every day, they are going to like you. And when people like you, they're in a meeting and someone's saying, geez, you know, we need a speaker on social media. They're all going to say me because they like me and they trust me. And they've seen me speak on video. So they say, gosh, she knows so much, so many things. Like, And they don't know if I'm going to be on stage. But at the start, I did uh, do, like, if people asked me to speak or if there was a speaking opportunity that um, I've never actually applied to speak at anything. Wow. That's, I mean, if you think about it for a minute, you're kind of breaking that paradigm that people have that they might just think they have to actually do it a certain way. And you're literally saying you've created community online. You've proved yourself. You're sharing your knowledge through the tools that are in the phone that everybody has. Yeah. And you're putting yourself to where you become top of mind. Yes. And you've eliminated the whole nonsense and chaos and stress of finding and seeking out people. You've reversed it. People are coming to you. Yes, yes. Which, look, I, I'm very lucky. Well, I'm, I'm lucky as well, I suppose. But serendipity, I believe in a lot and um, being in the right place at the right time. But it really is all about people. All of this. The fact that we're on this podcast, it's about people. If you didn't like me, Ryan, if we hadn't engaged before on Twitter, you wouldn't have approached <laughs> me. You know, if you, thought, no. if you thought I was a bitch, you wouldn't have approached me. You never see me saying anything bad on Twitter. You never see me getting involved in controversy. Like you, you, all you see is me doing good stuff. And when you're doing good stuff, yeah. people want to be a part of that. So, and I know you engaged me a lot when I was at Social Media Marketing World. And I remember that because you're top of my mind because you even came up in the tweeters of the day and all of that stuff. So, of course, I'm going to remember you and you're, you're going to stay in my memory. So it's about keeping that engagement going after the event. So let's say you see an event happening that you want to speak at and you go, oh, my God, that event looks so cool. I'd really love to speak at that. Start engaging on the hashtag on the day that's running. Start building relationships, even if you're sitting at home and start saying, oh, my God, this looks really cool. Um, oh, that's a really good quote. Like start engaging with the people who are tweeting from that event and then find out you'll see the organizer. The organizer will always say, thanks very much, everybody, for coming. Da, 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 da. So whoever the organizer is, you'll see them tweeting. If they're any good at all, you'll see them tweeting. Right, and, yeah. And keep engaging with them after the event. 
and keep saying, oh, my gosh, you know, that event looked really cool. Like, how would I go about um, speaking at that? You know, is there any way I can help you? Or here's a report I made of the hashtag. You might find it useful. If you help the person running the event, even by you tweeting on the hashtag, you're actually helping that person that's running the event because you're making their stats go up. And those stats, that data is really important when they're going looking for sponsors for their next event. So the more people that tweet and use the hashtag, the more their data is going to go up. I use things like uh, TweetBinder or Brand24 to track a hashtag. So you can actually say, here, here's a little report I I got done for your event in case you didn't, uh, you know, in case you didn't know. And they'd be like, oh, my God, we just got all the data we need. You know, they might not realize they could have collected that data. Things like that. Yeah. I think that's great. And it's funny you bring up social media marketing world. I have a fun story about my first time there. It was like three or four years ago. I'm not sure. And I was kind of newer to the social media world of things in general. And I was just starting to take control of my brand narrative. And what happened was that the first year I went, I literally, just like everyone else, just took pages and pages of notes, right? Like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. So amazing. Such amazing speakers. Notes, notes, notes. And I went home with all these intentions of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to blog about this. I'm going to do videos about this. It's going to be amazing. And comes the next year, and all of a sudden, I'm searching on my drive, and I happen to search for something else, and all of a sudden, this folder came up, and it was Social Media Marketing World Notes. And I clicked it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, here are the pages and pages and pages of notes. I haven't done anything with it, right? (laughs) So it really like struck a chord with me. Like I kind of woke up from my note-taking, and the next year that I went, I said, I'm going to leave my laptop. All I'm going to bring is my phone. And anything that I find of value, the same note that I would normally take to myself, I'm going to share it publicly as a tweet. And it literally was just this concept of sharing value. And I was at the conference. So I had to leave a little bit early to catch a train to come back. And I get blown up on my way back on the train. I'm like, what is happening? I had been named the top mentioned speaker of the entire conference even though I wasn't a speaker mm-hmm. and everybody was like, congratulations, this is so amazing. I didn't know that you were even speaking at the event. I'm like, I wasn't. I just was <laughs> tweeting everything that I thought was valuable. And people assumed that I was speaking because I was so active on Twitter. Yeah. And that was such a moment for me. And I became on the radar then. I was like, this is crazy. I started to yeah. build connections. It was a dot that I used. Uh, I continued to build those relationships with more dots. Yeah. And it's something that I do when I go to a conference. I call it tweet natos, not a tweet storm because that's Twitter's tweet nato, hashtag tweet nato. That's one of my little things that I've I've made up. And I specifically go with that strategy to like just create and share as much high value for the people that aren't at the conference. And it works. Yeah, it does. It absolutely does. And it's amazing how many people don't realize the power of that. Like even then with Brand24, if you get a report on a hashtag from Brand24, it will show you the, the top quotes from the conference. So you can actually have all that data for your blog post. Oh, such yeah. as said this. Oh, gosh, I forgot she made that point. Great, I can just take a note of it there. You know, and it's just amazing. Um, look, it's really valuable. So I would suggest if you are wanting to speak at events and you haven't spoken at events, think this way. Why? Why should I? I get loads of applications, right, to speak at my Women's Inspire events. So why? What makes you different? Do you know what I prefer? I prefer if you sent me a video. Send me a video. Say, mm. hi, Samantha. Use Bonjuro. Bonjuro um, is a brilliant app. I use it for every person that joins my network. I send them a welcome video. And I say, hi, Mary, thanks very much. I see you just signed up. And I could be in my pajamas. 
And I just sit there with no makeup on my pajamas, say, sorry about no makeup, just saw you join, just wanted to welcome you to the network. But you could do the same thing. You could you could send a video to the person who's organizing the conference saying, look, I'd really love to speak. This is what I can speak about. Would love to have a chat. I mean, you right. different. Stand out from everybody. It's all about standing out. And you know this too. It's all about standing out. Like tweeting goddess. I mean, that name came from, I used to have a company. My first business was, was Funky Goddess. And then when I sold that company, I had to change my Twitter handle. So I just said, ah, I couldn't get Twitter. <laughs> Apparently, you're not allowed to use Twitter in your name, your username. So I just said, okay, I'll use Tweeting Goddess. And that's where that name came from. Best thing I ever did. Wow. Best thing I ever did. That's awesome. And what I like about this type of an approach is it's really a community engagement first. And yes. it's ingrating yourself into the individuals who are actively talking and communicating and building community around where you want to go, as opposed to hiding in a corner, drinking ginger ale and applying with an application that that is just like every other one out of hundreds that is just going to be looked over. Yeah, I have to admit, I actually have now on the Women's Inspire Network website, they have to apply by video. Awesome. Well, speaking of video and and for people who are listening, they're like, okay, I love this. Uh, I wrote down that app. It's called Bonjourno. I'm not sure if I spelt it right, but I'm sure I can. Bonjourno. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Bonjourno. So people can guess that they're going to Google and then they're going to be like, well, wait a minute. Wait, she said pajamas, no makeup. Oh my gosh. And (laughs) the whole world comes crumbling down. So I want to know, you know, normally we talk about tips of speaking from the stage and Mm -hmm. we're really talking about an unconventional way to get on the stage by connecting the dots using something as simple as a hashtag to engage in the individuals that are at the events and Mm -hmm. in the communities that you want to speak at. Mm -hmm. So if we're using that as a strategy, which I think is awesome, can you give us some tips of what you're looking for in the video? Because I think that's still a sticking point. People might be willing to make the video, but then they're like, wait, but I don't know what to say. Wait, no, I need makeup. Wait, no, the background has to be perfect. So because you're you are asking for these videos. What is it that you're looking for? How can we tell people to become better speakers through their cell phones? I'm looking for proof that you know your stuff. I'm looking for okay. proof that you're likable. And um, when I say attractive, I don't mean that you have to be good looking, like beautiful. I mean, attractive as in your personality. I know, you know this too, Ryan. We know someone's not being um, authentic. If you're being authentic, I want real people, real speakers. I got Ted Rubin to speak. I had a social media summit. I sold that as well. But um, I had social media summit. I had Ted Rubin. I had Brian Fanzo. I had loads of great people speaking at it. And um, Ted Rubin was just awesome. I know as well, I will look at the social media of the people who apply. And if they're not using social media to engage with people and I will look at their social media, put it that way. <laughs> so if they're not using it to engage with people and help others, I I know by the person whether I want them on my stage or not. Because the Women's Inspiring Network is about inspiring others and helping others. It's not about me, me, me. It's about my audience. Now, I want to ask a question. This is I want to get a little bit deeper in here as far as this idea of you look at their social media, which I think people know is a reality. But you said something a little different. I look at their social media to see if they're engaging and helping people. And I want to know when you go to somebody's Twitter profile, step me through the process because I think people forget that there's a process behind. You talked about how you are looking at what I'm doing and I don't know, but tell me about the journey. Where do your eyes go when you land on somebody's Twitter page? Because if you are just posting updates in a broadcast and you scroll through and you see that like, Hey, this person's active, 
but all they're doing is outbound. Do yeah. you actually click into the replies and tweets and see who they're actually engaging with? Like, tell me yes. when you land on a new page, yeah. what do you go through? This is a cool okay. inside look. Oh yeah. This is what I do, right? So first of all, if someone follows me and I don't know who they are, I'll click on their profile. I'll see, have they got their bio filled out and what it says in the bio. The bio is really important because the bio is um, fine tuning your message and your personality into that bio on Twitter. And I will see if that person looks approachable, if they look like they're me, me, me person, or I will know by the bio, I will know by the first, the last 10 tweets, I will know. If you look at my bio, for example, right, it says, um, I've got a really smiley picture. Okay, so I always have a nice headshot of yourself. Um, now, at the moment, I have a Santa hat on because I'm just a messer, right? <laughs> but, you know, the, the most important thing is, does this person look approachable? Do I want to do business with this person? Does she look like she knows what she's doing? Oh, right. The other photos has her on the stage. So obviously, she must speak on the stage. And then my bio says, I sprinkle Twitter magic everywhere. Founder and CEO of Women's Inspire Network, TEDx speaker, Twitter expert. And then it says, nice people collector. Ooh, I like that. So that has nothing to do with my, like, that's not very, ooh, LinkedIn professional, but I'm a nice people collector. So chances are, if you're a nice person, you're going to want to follow me. If you're an idiot, you're not going to want to follow me because you'd be like, ooh, look at her. She's so fluffy. I think she's open. You know, yeah, you're not attracting trolls and, by this. Oh, I still attract them. Don't worry. I still attract them, but you know, <laughs> I, they're just jealous. So, But, you know, it's like um, you're going to attract nice people if you have nice people collector on your bio. You know, so I like to surround myself with good people. I've been through a lot in my life. I've been through a lot of pain, a lot of unnecessary pain that I put on myself, you know, with drinking and stuff. And now my life is all about keeping it simple and having good people around me. And so I want to live my life like that now. And it's the same with social mm. media. You don't want to be hanging out with people who are going to drag you down. They're not going to celebrate your successes. They're not going to help you when you need help. Because believe me, there's times when I need help and I might be a bit lonely even. And it's just so nice to be able to reach out to someone and say, hey, how you doing? Oh, my God, this happened to me. I don't know what to do. And, you know, you will know who those people are. You'll build up trust. And then when you help others, People will always buy and always recommend you when they know, like, and trust you. It's well known. And people trust me. Like even my event in Donegal, which is in April in, nor in the north of Ireland. I mean, we're selling tickets already. I haven't even announced one speaker because hmm. they trust me. They know what my events are like. They know it's going to be positive, inspirational. It's going to be, they're going to learn something. You know, I used to go to events all the time. And to be honest, Ryan, I'd leave sometimes going, Jesus, that was a waste of money. It was a waste of time. I didn't learn anything. Nobody spoke to me. I felt all alone. I don't want events like that. I want my audience to feel like, you know what? That was brilliant. That was totally worth taking a day away from work for, for you know? So that's what I want. Now, are you also speaking at your own events? Sometimes, actually, I didn't ever before, but then people started asking me. They said, look, we came to see you as well. I was like, oh, right. OK, so I said I better start speaking at my own events as well. But yeah, I do now. Yeah. So for having the opportunity to speak at your events and being able to hand choose people based on what you see from a digital exhaust or a digital footprint to know that they are approachable, friendly, they're part of this kind of good collection of people to bring on. Yeah. Do you see a thread of either activity or mentality or the way that they carry themselves when they're on the stage. So let's say that we're using you as this crazy you know, filter to find magic online. And then you pull this person and you bring them whoop, to the offline world. Yeah. 
from the people that you've collected, specifically yeah. who are speakers that you bring to your stage, yeah. what are some of the common threads that you see? What are the your father type qualities? Like, are they, do they all see good in people? Are they all trying to help people get cars? Like, what are some generalities that you can make about these people that rise to the top and end up on your stage? Well, I actually, usually I'm right. Usually a person, if you're an idiot offline, you're going to be an idiot online as well. So, you know. <laughs> can I quote you on that? That's a good one. <laughs> it's, it's so true though. You know, look, I mean, there are people, I want speakers that are going to add value that are not just going to get up on the stage and then walk, go home. I don't want that. I want people who are going to hang around. Like when Ted Rubin came over, he was awesome. Brian Fanzo, they were awesome. They sat, they got selfies. They, there's no uh, green room at my events. All the speakers are in the audience. Nobody gets special treatment just because you're a speaker. You are there to kind of help the audience to enjoy it. The audience wants a selfie with you. The audience wants to talk to you. It's kind of like, it's like when you're doing a social media event, people don't really want the big corporates on the stage. They want the rock stars. They want the Ted Rubens. They want the Brian Fanzos. They want the Mary Smiths. They want these people on the stage and that's what the audience wants and I know this because it's that's what I want if I go to an event I want to meet someone that I've seen online that I want to get a selfie with you know and so I always admired Ted Rubin for example and so I just said oh my god he's talking about everything I speak about return relationship blah 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 and then I said you know what maybe if I just create an event and then get a sponsor maybe I can get him to come to Ireland so he'd never been to Ireland before till I brought him over Wow. That's, and it's great. I think you're literally, cause you know, we're talking about a lot of what you do is take the online and bring it offline mm -hmm. and the same quality that you're looking for people online. You basically just said you, you see those qualities offline. So Brian's great. He is super, like he's got his camera crew of one yeah. with him at all times. And he's like, you know, whether it's a fisheye or whatnot, he definitely uses video to connect with people before Yep. during and then after as well. Yep. What a great example. And somebody who is not afraid to tell you to push the damn button at the same time, yep. right? Yep. Absolutely. And you know what? There's so many people that are afraid to press that button. So, you know, I'd rather you actually press the button, even if you are in your PJs and just say, look, Samantha, I can talk about uh, chatbots. I can talk about MailChimp, how to really rock on MailChimp. Like what my audience, they want, they're small business owners, mostly they're female entrepreneurs. A lot of them don't have confidence as well. So if you're able to talk about pricing, asking for what you're worth. Like these are all things that we want to learn. Small business owners want to learn. I know because I was a small business owner. So I didn't want, I was told before, you know, by somebody, uh, stop hanging out with the bottom feeders. And I was so insulted by that because I was like, oh my God, did people think I was a bottom feeder when I was a small business owner? And I said, no, I'm not going to stop because actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a community so that they can still get access to me, but it's only going to cost 20 a month. Because that way they still have access to me, they still have access to learning, and then they can move away from being a small business owner and improve their business and be a big business owner. You know, so there is that bit of me that cares about the underdog. And maybe I get that from my dad as well. I don't know. But um, I was the underdog, Ryan. You know, I was the underdog. Nobody, you know, I'd say there was about four or five people who really helped me. But I had no money when I started my first business. I had nothing. So nobody really wanted to know me. So guess what? I, who helped us? Um, you know, and I'll never forget the value that all my speakers brought at Social Media Summit. And I'll never forget any of the people that have done things like that for me. Because guess what? There's a guy actually when I had my first business, uh, my first network, which was Irish Biz Party. And um, we had an event and we were only going to charge like 
25 euros for a ticket. So we filled the venue, obviously. But like I had no money. Like we weren't making any money out of it. It was just a kind of an experiment to bring a network offline. And um, I kind of just wanted to test the water. And this guy did the sound for me. He said, look, if you put me as a sponsor, I'll do the sound for nothing for you and all that. Well, guess who I hire every time to do my conferences now? (laughs) Right. That gentleman right there. Yeah, Steve. He's super cool. He's actually playing. I'm getting married in two weeks and he's playing at my wedding as well. Well, I mean, that that literally is the output of connecting the dots in a way that you're not selfishly trying to draw lines. You're just setting people up, giving them a chance to be a dot in your line. And that continues to sort of happen. I I just, in my mind, I, I have this vision of like dots online and dots offline and just like piercing through the computer and, and just sort of making that jump. Because I think people are afraid of both of those, right? People are afraid of how they represent themselves online. People are often scared or timid about how they represent themselves offline. And you're helping to bridge that gap with a hard dose of authenticity. Like you're literally saying, send me a video. I don't care what you look like. Yeah. I just want you to tell me that you're a pro that you're likable. I want to be able to feel the vibe of you as a person. And that doesn't mean a perfect background with perfect lighting and perfect makeup. You're like, let's get real here. Yeah, because that don't forget the audience are real. I always, um, all, a lot of my Net- Mims Inspire Network members are actually like some of them had tattoos and piercings and whatever, but they're running successful beauty businesses or successful social media businesses. Like it really doesn't matter. I don't think it matters anyway. Okay. When I started out in business, I didn't have the right words. I didn't have the right lingo. I, I, I hadn't got much, believe it or not. I know you probably find it hard to believe, but I didn't have much confidence. <laughs> I didn't have any clothes, the proper clothes, you know, because I had no money. Don't forget. I had no money. I was a lone parent on social welfare when I started my first business and I didn't have the right makeup even, you know, because the women listening will know that, you know, you need to have the good makeup if you want it to work and look right. good. So, right, right. so, you know, it's about the audience. They're going to want someone that they can connect with and that can connect with my audience. And, um, you know, I kind of enjoy that power. I won't lie, but you know, there have been people that approach me and they never, ever engaged me ever on Twitter or ignored me on Twitter. And then next thing they're asking me to speak, I'm like, no, <laughs> So it's like, you know, I just remember, I I know and the world is a very small place, very small. So don't ever bitch about others because we find out, we find out. (laughs) I just hear the elephants coming. This is great. Very (laughs) slow and charismatic and very calculated, smiling. And you know, what's interesting about elephants is that they always seem to be smiling. I don't know what it is, the way that their mouth is going, right? I mean, I guess they're angry when they're running at you. But other than that, I think that's an interesting analogy. So when you were just describing that you've created this community of people that might be a little rough around the edges, they might have tattoos, they might have no money, they might be scrappy, it might be a pixelated picture because they're, you know, borrowing somebody else's Wi-Fi to post, whatever that is. It literally makes me think of the individuals that your dad gathered and supported at your house. Like it's, it is as much of a modern parallel as possible. You know, in your proverbial backyard, you're giving people an opportunity not to paint a fence, but to come and speak on your stage. Yeah. You're engaging people with small pats on the back and small smiles. And, and I don't know if your dad wore a hat or not, but like a little, little hat. He did. He wore a cap. <laughs> he did. Okay, right? Like a little, hey, how do, you, how do you do? Like just some little small gesture. It, his little turn of his hat is like you liking someone's tweet. And you yeah. never know what people are going through. But that little cap nod, that little like on Twitter alone 
could change the trajectory of what that person's doing. And you have a chance to follow in that conversation because when your dad's disciple, I'm going to say, or, or they're his mentee, when they drove off in the car, it's probably his proudest moment, Yeah. but he sort of lost the car in the distance. And then he had to just know deep down that there was impact made and you can sort of sneak on and see how they're doing yes. and be proud and watch them driving their Twitter car down the road and know that you helped create some of that magic gas to get it going or not gas, magic electricity, because we're going towards an eco-friendly world here. Yes, yes, yes. And actually, one of the ladies um, in my network, she this last thing she would have done when I met her, she came to one of my Twitter workshops and I said, you're going to go far. I said to her. And um, she didn't have much confidence at all. And if you, <laughs> and I said, I want to get you on the stage. She was like, no, no way, no way, no way. I said, no, please, I want to get you on the stage because actually she's my community manager because she knows everybody in the network. She knows how many kids they have. She knows what's going on. She like she knows everything about everybody in the network. And um, she was an obvious choice for me to have as the community manager. So Helena is her name. And I remember I got her on the stage and, you know, there were all these other like big kind of successful professional speakers and stuff. And um, each one of them, after Helena spoke, each one of them mentioned Helena's talk in their talk. And that is awesome. Yeah, because they loved it so much. That's yeah. You know, we, we talked about liking someone, right? How hard is it to click the button and push a heart on something that resonates with you and that you're like, that's cool. A speaker mentioning another speaker is them giving like an actual tweet, a like on the tweet, granted that what they were speaking was them tweeting, right? It's like yeah. even including other people and other speakers from the event, it shows them that you were in the audience. It shows yeah. that you were engaged. Shows that you're not a prima donna coming in five minutes before your talk, leaving five minutes after your talk and leaving people wanting more. And also not uh, engaging with them on Twitter after, like, let's say a speaker comes and they speak and then everyone's like, oh, really enjoyed your talk, blah, blah, blah. I always engage with every single person that has mentioned me on Twitter after my talk. I actually add yeah. them to a list. I add them to a list, a Twitter list of whatever the event was. Or I might add them to a private list of, oh, actually, do you know what? I really want to walk, talk to that person again. So I might add them on a private list. Um, you can make Twitter lists private. And they could be a potential lead as well. So this is great about speaking. But at the end of the day, we need to pay our bills as well. So it's also about connecting, collecting some leads from those people that got value from your talk. And you can say, look, oh, thanks a million. Um, it was lovely to meet you. Da, da, da. But another great way, which I find, is to take a selfie. If someone asks, can they take a selfie with you? Yes, you can. What's your Twitter handle? Great. And then they put the selfie up and say, it was lovely to meet you, Samantha. I add that person to a list because that person is obviously a fan that has bought into tweeting goddess. So they are someone that are a lead. So, you know, it's about making sure you get value yourself as well, because it, it's hard work speaking, uh, giving value all day. I do a lot of tweets at the events that I speak at. Like I, I spoke at an event in America there in New Orleans recently, and we trended in Ireland, <laughs> which was fun. Wow. <laughs> so, because I was tweeting from the event, you see, and then it actually trended in Ireland, which I thought was quite funny, but it just shows you the power. Absolutely. So one thing that you, you almost accidentally said, but I think might be the name for your next book, is this concept around connecting the dots, but you almost stumbled and you almost said collecting the dots, but then you didn't say it and you corrected yourself. So I want you to think about this for a minute. You are connecting the dots, but don't forget to collect 
the dots. Yes. And this idea of it's great to help people and it's amazing to pay it forward. But at the same time, you've got to collect some of these dots that, yeah. that bear fruit. You've got to collect the dots. You've got to pay for your life and your living to be able to help people. Yeah. And I just really like this. You're, you are literally connecting the dots from online to offline, but you're also collecting the dots from online and offline. I think that is, that's great. That's a great concept of something that's so old. How many times have people said, connect the dots? Well, the tweeting goddess just said, you've got to also collect the dots. I yes. love it. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. That will be my next book. <laughs> yeah. Well, so much fun. Now, if somebody wants to follow you on Twitter, it is at the tweeting goddess. It's at tweeting goddess. Okay. So if you want to follow on Twitter, then you can find her at tweeting goddess. Yeah. That's the jam right there. And I think you are somebody who's definitely leading by example. And when I meet people who are like, how do you do what you're doing on Twitter? It's basically finding and following other people to use as examples. I am a constant student when it comes to Twitter, but I'm not afraid to use it when it comes to Twitter. And you're a great example if somebody wants to watch the engagement and activity, the buzz that you create around these hashtags and events. So if you're a speaker and you're listening to this, you now have an open invitation to follow the tweeting goddess and build a relationship with her, connect the dots, send her a video, and you might likely find yourself on her stage. You just might. You just might, but maybe not, but we'll see. And we're going to check you out online before anything happens, but only if you send a video and you start putting dots on the paper, because, you know, if you truly want to connect the dots, the minimum number of dots to make a line is two. And how do you get two dots? You just do more than one. And I think sometimes people go out there and they'll start with a dot and then that's it. But literally, you've got to have more than one dot to connect a line. And in order to connect the dots, you've got to then, that's it. Yeah. I think. (laughs) But you know what, Um, Ryan, thank you so much for this opportunity. And just for anyone listening, this is proof in itself, the fact that we're doing this at all, of how Twitter yeah. can work. And, and I'd say the next thing we'd be doing is probably maybe DMing each other or, you know, you might hear of an event that, and I might hear of an event that might suit you and so on and so on. And next thing we'll meet in real life and there'll be a selfie. So that's the way it works. Yes, yes, yes. In the motherland of Ireland. Uh, I've been there before and I would love to come back. And yes, we are a great case study of basically how one tweet or a conference where we're not even connected can connect us through a hashtag and then we both enjoy each other's content and we both want to help each other out. So yeah. here it is. Here it is. All right, everybody, make sure that you channel your inner father with a cap in Ireland trying to help some hooligans <laughs> and do what you can to help other people. And it's only going to come back to you at the end of the day. So there you have it. That is truly the magic solution if you want a magic pill. It is to help others and it all connects the dots together. Thank you, Samantha. This has been a lot of fun. I look forward to tweeting you soon. Thank you so much, Ryan.